please be seated. We know that love has come, and so we sing it out. We celebrate that because Christ was born into this world, we know that love has come, and the message of Christmas is joy to the whole world. My name is Kurt. I'm one of the pastors here, and a special welcome to you on this Christmas Eve. If you're visiting with us this morning, this morning, we always, it's such a routine, right? Is this morning, this evening, we want to welcome you especially. We'd love to get to know you better, and even though it's Christmas Eve, and I'm sure there are plenty of more things that you can do after the service is over, we'd love to maybe grab you for a minute and just meet you personally. You could also help us to get to know you better by filling out a Connect card that we have on the communication table in the back. If you'd fill one of those out and turn them in this evening, you can hand it to me or Dick or Greg in the lobby. We have a, a Christmas gift to give you uh, as our way of saying thanks for coming out to church this evening. In this Advent season here at Faith Covenant Church, we've been talking about how Advent is a time of uh, waiting and anticipation, but in that waiting, there's a, a sense of tension, there's a, an anxiety, there's a hopefulness to uh, God is going to bring something to happen in our lives. God is going to bring a, a long-awaited promise to fulfillment. And so as we're, we're waiting, we also experience life in those kind of in-between times that we, we long for God's promises to be fulfilled in our lives, to experience his wholeness and his fulfillment fulfillment, the completion of why we were created to begin with. But in that sense, the phrase joy to the world is therefore a, a phrase of celebration because when, when Christ is born, we celebrate God's promises fulfilled. And yet we also recognize it's a statement of faith because we don't always feel that joy when we live in these in-between times and when we're waiting personally for God to show up for me in my life. Sometimes joy to the world is a hopeful statement that someday maybe I will experience that joy in my life or experience it again. And as we celebrate the birth of Jesus at Christmas, we're reminded that the message of the Bible is good news to the whole world. It's supposed to be a message of, of hope and, and joy in the midst of a dark and a broken and a hurting world. In the middle of the night, the angels appeared to the shepherds saying, don't be afraid, right? Because I bring you good news of great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior is born, the Messiah, the Lord. And that's why we celebrate tonight. We've been working through the book of Isaiah, and we're talking about how we, we know that, that this promise of fulfillment on Christmas Eve came about through the person of Jesus because God foretold through many prophets hundreds of years before what the Messiah would look like and how we would identify when his promised servant would arrive. And so we've been through many of the chapters in Isaiah looking at how God planted seeds some 700 plus years before so that when Jesus was born, we would recognize that none of us could have planned that God's Messiah, God's Savior would have come in the way that Jesus did or saved the world in the way Jesus did, right? I mean, we would have had paparazzi and we would have had a big concert and we would have had lights and, and, and all the stars come out and the kings of the earth would come and bow down. But no, he shows up in Podunk, Bethlehem, in a little manger, in a, in a silent night. And yet when we begin to look back and realize that God has been walking with his people and he had given them clues all along the way, it begins to dawn on the people of faith that God's promise has been fulfilled in a completely unexpected way. 
Is it possible that for us tonight, that this Christmas might be a time when God wants to fulfill his promise to you and to me, to bless you and to heal you and to bring your life to fulfillment and completion might come in a completely unexpected way. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 3 announces what it'll be like when this king, this servant, this anointed conqueror will be born into the world. And he says, arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. See, this, this joy to the world comes because God's love has been poured out into the world through this anointed Savior, the, the baby Jesus that was born into the world. And, and we have all of these prophetic promises that confirm that this is God's answer to our deepest longings and to our greatest needs. And what it does is, is we begin to see that because God has had all of these promises made throughout the centuries, we begin to have a sense of destiny, that, that there's something out there ahead of us in the future that God has planned. And if we can just grab a hold of it, if we can just find the pathway to that future, our lives will begin to have meaning and make sense. And will experience the fulfillment that God has promised us. I'd like to take a look at a part of the Christmas story that we don't often read this morning. Cindy did a great job of this morning. Did I say morning again? <laughs> Cindy did a great job of, of reading the Christmas story, but, but I want to go a little bit further, and we're going to look in Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 22 to 33. And, and, and it, so the, the story goes on. It says, when the time came for the purification rites... Required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him, that is Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And for Jewish boys on the eighth day, they go and are consecrated. And then the parents have to offer a, a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law, a pair of doves or two young pigeons, and that's about purifying themselves ritually as well to make sure that they're staying in right relationship with God. But verse 25 goes on and says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And scholars suggest this phrase, consolation of Israel, it, it captures this whole idea of these promises of God that were that the people of Israel waiting for God to fulfill, that he was going to bring comfort and healing and wholeness, and he was going to restore them to righteousness and, and to fulfillment in their lives. So, so he had been anxiously waiting and watching for, for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles 
and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Isn't it interesting that, that, that here's this man, Simeon, that, that emerges in the Christmas story, and we don't really know anything about him, right? A, a lot of people kind of assume that he's an old man because he's ready to, to die now, right? But, but we don't even know that. He's just saying, hey, my life is now fulfilled. The, the purpose of my life has been completed, and I can die in peace whenever that may come because I know that God's promise to me has become a reality in my life. And so my life has purpose and meaning and fulfillment. Because of that fulfillment, God's promise to Israel and to the whole world would also be fulfilled because his promise was connected with the promise of God to all of his people, which ultimately is that he would bless the world through his people. And that became a reality in the gift of his son, Jesus. Now, we also know, and he goes on to talk about how there's going to be some suffering ahead, and especially for this child, Jesus, right? Uh, the answer that God provides doesn't mean that life is just going to now be a piece of cake, that we never have any challenges and we never have any problems. What it means is that when we keep our eyes on Jesus, God will provide a pathway through to find our way through the darkness to continue to experience his fulfillment in our lives. The outcome of peace that God promised can be ours in this life, even though we know that it will be the end of history when God makes all things new. But therefore, Simeon could say his own life was complete. Isn't it true that in many ways we too wish for more in life than we're able to achieve? I know it's true for me. I struggle because I look at all the blessings that I have and I have an amazing wife and a wonderful son and we have a house to live in and we have cars to drive and we live in an amazing country where we are free to worship God and, and yet I'm never completely satisfied. I could always have just a little bit more, right? How often are we weighed down even in the midst of our prosperity by the sorrows and the anxieties of life and the difficulties of relationships and marriage and the hopes that we have that are disappointed and the betrayals by those that were supposed to love us that let us down and the pain of those who were supposed to protect us and instead they harmed us. We know that this darkness in this world is real and we live with it and we experience it every day and we hope for something more and yet somehow we think that if we watch more tv or we buy more stuff or we listen to the tv news that somehow we're going to find an answer that that we're not finding today but you see the good news of christmas is that god has already provided an answer for our deepest longings and our greatest needs and his name is jesus and he came 2,000 years ago to give his life so that you could experience God's healing and his forgiveness and find a path to true righteousness, which is simply being in right relationship with God and with one another and with God's creation. Because, see, we know that this baby boy who was born over 2,000 years ago went to the cross to take on the burdens and the pain and the suffering. Isaiah said he would be a man of sorrows and familiar with pain and grief. Because as he took on the pain of our humanity, he also offers us the gift of his healing and his peace in our lives. He was God's suffering servant. And in his service to God, when he went to the cross and gave his life, he went deeper in his work for us than anybody could have ever asked for or even imagined. He, not only did he deal with our sinful condition by providing God's forgiveness for the mistakes and the shortcomings that we've had, but, but he's also restored us to relationship with the God who created us. And we're no longer alienated from our creator. We can live with him every day through the presence of his Holy Spirit. 
but ultimately he took on the healing of the very brokenness of our personhood. Our brokenness, which often we carry around as our guilt and our shame because no matter how much we try to do good, we still know that in the back of our minds it's never going to be good enough, right? He took on the brokenness of our personhood and he offers to give us a new identity. He offers to put a, a crown on our head instead of ashes. He wants to put us on a royal robe and call us princes and princesses in his kingdom. We are brothers and sisters of the king of the universe and therefore we have a royal worth and identity in his eyes. But, but how often do we see ourselves in that way? You see, as a result of his sacrifice for us, it's his healing, it's his wholeness, it's his righteousness that he bestows on us as a gift. We can't earn it, we can't manufacture it, you're never going to be good enough. All you have to do is say yes and receive it as a gift because it comes through mercy and grace from a God who created you and loves you just as you are. See, God's plan for his creation, for you and me as a part of it, is that all of creation would exist in this, this idea called righteousness that we've just talked about, right? Being in right relationship. Being in right relationship with God has, has very dramatic implications for how we live our life. Being in right relationship with other people has very dramatic implications for how we live our life, right? And being in right relationship with God's creation impacts how we make our choices for how we spend our money and, and how much alcohol we drink and how much food we eat and how we spend you know, our money on our kids or not on our kids and how much time we invest in work or, or in family. And all of these things are about how we live in relationship with God and the world around us. And, and what the Bible tells us is this thing called sin has come into the world that we've kind of inherited by just being born into the world and it mucks up all of those relationships. And so we just can't get it right. There's nothing we can do to, 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 to make it right. We can do better, but, but we're always going to mess it up. And so God comes in and through his son says, I will make a way to restore you to right relationship with me and with one another and with the whole creation. And the way that you do that is by keeping your eyes on my son, Jesus, who makes it possible for you to live in a whole new way. You see, he helps us to understand that as we live in this world, we live a kind of life that, that, that God wants for us. We, we experience more fulfillment and joy and excitement as we realize that God's righteousness can be an experience that we have in our marriages and with our kids and with our grandkids and at work and in the world, and we can begin to be a blessing to others as we live that out. The challenge is that we can often be deceived into thinking that somehow there's another way, right? Proverbs 14, 12 said, there's a way that appears right, but in the end, it leads to death or it leads to destruction. There's a way that seems right in the moment and it feels good and if it feels good, do it. And so we pursue it, but then it leads to, rather than joy and happiness afterwards, it leads to death and destruction. It leads to a sense of disintegration in our lives rather than a sense of integration or wholeness or completion. The good news at Christmas is that Jesus has come to give us light, to show us how to keep ourselves on the right path, to choose the right instead of the wrong. And, and, and we often think, we think religiously, right? right and wrong, these are religious rules, and you check them off, and somehow you're earning your way to heaven. That's not what this is about. Right and wrong is, is less about religious rule keeping, and it's more about an ability to see the way God has designed the world for our benefit. It's more like laws of nature, Right? 
And when we live within the laws of nature, life works out the way God intended. And we go against the laws of nature, we experience the, the dissatisfaction and the disintegration of the way, like, life the way God had intended. But God's gift to us is that when we walk in his light and we follow his son Jesus as his disciples and we accept his forgiveness in our lives, we learn more and more to choose the right instead of the wrong. And as we choose more and more the right, we begin to experience more and more the blessing and the wholeness of God in our lives because we're living into his righteousness, which is not a religious rule-keeping system, but it's the way God designed us to live in his world. One day, God says, all of creation is going to be restored to the righteousness of God, and everything will be put back together the way it's supposed to be. And we think about Simeon, again, who found a sense of completion to life as God's promises became fulfilled to him, right? I mean, he was just, he wasn't a, a religious leader. He wasn't a priest in the temple. He was just some guy who was coming to church and, and, and God had been working in his life and he knew he had this sense of destiny out there and he was hoping and he was waiting and God showed up for him in the face of Jesus. God gave Simeon a sense of destiny that he would see the Messiah before he died. And that sense of destiny kept him open and aware and looking for God's future in his life. So that when Jesus shows up, his life became completed and he understood why God had created him in the first place. Is there something God has planned for you to see in your life before you die? There's something God has planted in the back of your mind that there's something out there. There's some reason why you're here on this planet. There's some reason why God created you the way he created you. And it's out there somewhere, and you might not even know what it is or where it is, but you have a sense of destiny that there's something ahead that gives you a hope to keep looking for it and to keep pursuing it and to keep working towards it. Does God have something more for your life? than you're experiencing right now. You know, they say the statistics on death are very convincing. One out of every one person dies. <laughs> right? We can go through life pretending it's not real and it's not going to happen to us and that we have all eternity to just keep making the choices we're making. But, but are we missing the destiny that God has for the time, the limited time that he's given us? And is, does that sense of destiny give us a hope and a passion to, to look to God and to accept Jesus in our lives so that we can find ourselves on a pathway that's going to lead us to the righteousness, that's going to lead us to fulfillment in God's calling for our lives? Is it possible that your life is part of a larger plan of a loving creator whose ultimate goal is to demonstrate his loving nature to your family and your friends and your, uh, your coworkers or the people you go to school with to make you a blessing to, to bless others? And all of a sudden, your life begins to have a sense of joy and excitement because you're, you're more than just a consumer. Man, we're good at consuming, right? But don't you want to be more than just a consumer? I mean, we consume food, and we consume alcohol, and we consume people, and we consume stuff. But isn't life more than consumption? Wouldn't you like to be able to give something away that lifts your life to a whole new experience of what God had intended for you and for me? Would it change your perspective if you, like Simeon, were to see Jesus face to face? 
What would it change for you in your life if you realized that this baby Jesus born in the manger so many years ago was alive and here and wanted to talk to you personally because he has a plan to bless you and to lead you on a path to righteousness in your life? Maybe tonight the Spirit of Christ is speaking to you that you have a sense of destiny that you've been harboring and holding on to and you're not even maybe even realizing before tonight that that was God's Holy Spirit who is not willing to let you go but is continuing to draw you to himself. Some of you might not even be Christians here tonight, but you can still have that sense of destiny. Maybe it's Jesus inviting you to just consider the possibility that maybe he is alive, maybe he is the Savior, and maybe... If you do say yes to him, you can find renewed joy and hope and passion in your life. Or maybe you're already a Christian, and and tonight God's inviting you to take that next step in your journey with him that you know he's been wanting you to do, but you've just kind of been neglecting it, and you've just kind of been going through the motions, and you've just kind of been a little bit too busy, and you really want to do it, but I just, you know, never kind of get around to doing it. Maybe tonight God is saying, Jesus wants you to say yes to that next step. Or maybe you're an older Christian. Maybe Simeon was old, and he was looking at the horizon of the end of his life. Maybe he only had a few years left. And maybe God's not done with you. Maybe God is saying that it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done to this point. I have something greater, and I have something more. And even at the end of life, you can find that fulfillment and that completion and that purpose in your life. If you're one of those people here tonight, I feel like God has asked me to extend an invitation to you in the new year. I would love to hear from you. You can use a connect card. You can email me. You can come into the church. I want to know if God has given you a sense of destiny tonight because I don't know what we're supposed to say, but God's told me I I need to talk to you because we got to figure it out because it's not okay that God is here and he's inviting you to say yes and we just continue to go through the motions and we don't help each other figure out how to get on this pathway of following Jesus because that's what it's all about. So if God is blessing you tonight with the presence of Christ and through his Holy Spirit, giving you a sense of destiny, meaning there's something out there, I don't even know what it is, but I know that it's there and I got to pursue it. You need to come and talk to me. You need to connect with me and we'll connect you with other people and we're going to do this together. Because I've got a sense of destiny, and I feel like I'm not fully living up to what God has planned for me, and I need friends to walk with me to figure it out as well. Amen? I'm going to pray for us in just a minute, and then we get to light our candles, sing a couple more songs. I want to close with Isaiah 60 again, verses 1 through 3, and I invite you to receive this as God's invitation and God's blessing for your destiny in this Christmas season. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Is that the destiny you want? That's the destiny I want. 
Let's do it together. 1 John 4, 9 says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Would you pray with me? God, I feel like I've been a little long-winded for Christmas Eve, but thank you for your word to us and your invitation to live into the destiny that you've given us as your people. God, would you forgive us for the ways that we've run from you, that we've ignored you, that we've turned our back on you, and would you help us to say yes to Jesus again tonight or maybe for the first time? God, we need your righteousness in our lives so that we can experience your fulfillment. God, give us complete and whole lives so that we can be a blessing to those you would call us to serve as we participate in the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray, amen.